0: Hey everyone this is arnold on today's weekly welcome we have katie who is the owner of tuk tuk thai also the co-owner and operator of chow krong in fairfax as well as same same thai in silver lake so she has three thai restaurants here in los angeles is an amazing operator her family restaurant chow krong has been around since 1969 making it one of the oldest thai restaurants here in la and if not one of the first to open it opened in thai town before thai town was even recognized as thai town which is amazing and as we've had a lot of second generation thai american restaurateurs and chefs on this podcast um there were a few things i wa- always wanted to ask about the balancing between the past and present that we touch on and uh, as well as katie's journey to how she ended up doing what she does now and um, really amazing story that she has so i'm so excited to share this with you all so without further ado this is katie with tuk thai
1: they came here when they were 18 years old and my dad was going to college in Hawaii. And I was with my grand, um, my sister and I was raised by our grandparents in Thailand and all the aunts and the cousin, they decided not to go back to Thailand and um, open a business and live here in the the States. Mm. And I came over um, when I was like eight or nine years old Wow, And my story of coming to America is the classic immigrant family working hard to achieve their dreams. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was put in school right away, learned to speak English and assimilate with the other kids in Los Angeles. Yeah. At the time, my dad worked two jobs, even though they had their own restaurant. They worked part time. He worked part time at Bird Fried Chicken. Uh And at night he would drive taxi while
0: running his own restaurant.
1: But my mother and my aunt Uh is running the restaurant. Wow. They do everything in the restaurant Uh from serving to cooking, cleaning up open and close the restaurant every day. Wow. So my dad, is the one who sort of take care of us in mm-hmm. a way, mm-hmm. you know, after his part-time job and golden bird, he would pick us up from school, take us to the restaurant and hang out in the restaurant for a little bit. So we would do our homework there. You know, we would sometime eat dinner there at times like, you know, it's exhausting, you know, so he would sometime drop us off at our other aunt's house. So mm-hmm. we could be with our cousin You know, um, at least get to watch TV, play outside, you know, do things that kids should do at home.
0: Right, right. So this this restaurant that you're talking about, is it, it was still called Chow Krung back in the day?
1: Yes, it's Chow Krung. Okay. This is the one on Fairfax.
0: Right. So was it in that same location or was this a different location uh, initially when, when it was first opened?
1: When it first opened it was in the Fairfax location. When it first opened it was in Hollywood before mm. it became Thai Town. It's still there actually it's but it's now Vim Thai.
0: Oh, wow. So it's a different Thai restaurant.
1: It's a different Thai restaurant. Yes. Wow.
0: And so yeah. so that restaurant your restaurant family restaurant opened in Thai Town before it was recognized as, as Thai Town. Is yeah. that is that correct?
1: Yes. Yeah, that is correct.
0: That's how amazingly impactful this restaurant is, huh?
1: Yes. Yes. They're one of the second Thai restaurants to open in Los
0: Angeles. Wow. 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 So just talk, talk to me a little bit about growing in, in that context too, right? So did you, did you have a lot of other Thai friends or I, I, I imagine not. So I'm just curious, who were you surrounded by while, while you were going to school growing up?
1: Um, I actually do have a lot, have a lot of Thai friends, you know, because I, you know, I also have to go to the Thai temple to study Thai mm. to, to study Thai, learn and how to read Thai and also do Thai classical dance. So that was my hobby. So I meet a lot of Thai Americans kids at the temple, and our activities would be um, doing Thai dancing at the Thai consulate, you know, representing the Thai culture in a way you know, my, and all of our parents would support that. Right. Right. Uh, And also I do have a lot of American friends through school, but, you know, being bilingual and have to adapt to both culture, it was like, you know, it's like, I'm a sporty girl. I want to do (laughs) a lot of fun activity during the weekends. I'd rather go play ball than, you know, do Thai classical dance, but, you know, being in an Asian family, you have to respect what your parents want yeah and um respect the culture they don't want their kids to be too americanized so and they were afraid that we will that's why they keep the weekend pretty busy for us (laughs) not forget time
0: yeah it's like american enough right you don't want to go too too far right and like become a too american when did you kind of get involved in in the business? Like, did you? What was your first part time job? Was that that happened to be at the family restaurant? Because it seems like yeah. they kept you pretty busy. So, did you have time to work at the restaurant, or how how did that work?
1: Yeah, no. Growing up um, a Thai restaurant family, you have to help out as much as you can. You know, my first duty was I would pass out to go menus in the neighborhood. And it's like an after-school thing. (laughs) And i be with my sister, with my cousin, because our dad picked us up from school and bring us to the restaurant. And, you know, this is what we do. And then during junior high, um, I started busing tables when they get busy, um, was able, able to take some phone orders. And as I get to high school, I was a waitress. I was um and earning tips money and it was just an extra play money for me. Mm-hmm. So I never worked anywhere else. You know, I worked in the family restaurants all my life.
0: And then when you went away for college I, I read that you started business, correct?
1: Yes, when I graduated from Northridge ID de- I you know I decided to open my own restaurant. Mm. And that's when I started Tuk Tuk thai on pico right and this which,
0: is over like two decades ago now
1: yeah 23 years ago
0: that's insane that is yeah. absolutely crazy like it's it's interesting to me because i feel like a lot of and and we, i want to trace this back in terms of and pinpoint exactly when you took over the family restaurant chakrung as well because i find your story very fascinating a lot of second generation owners they kind of come into the fold um, a little bit later, and they take the first thing that they do is take their take the family restaurant over. But for you, you went out and did your own restaurant, and then you came back and took over Chao Krung. Is, is, is am I understanding that correctly?
1: Yes, that is correct.
0: Yeah, so that's super fascinating. What made you want to make that leap?
1: I've learned a lot from my family, you yeah. know, and I'm, I'm I was you know I was happy that I that I was trained by my family, but at the same time, I do want to innovate i want to do my own thing you know make my mark so seeing my family work so hard doing the same thing over and over again every day i wanted you know i respect the business and i love the restaurant business so i went out and do my own thing just to prove to them and to myself that this cuisine to i could take this cuisine to the next level yeah and still grow it
0: right right I had the amazing opportunity to go to the new, let's call it Tuk Tuk 2.0. It's amazing, but unfortunately, I haven't had the chance to visit it previously when it was on Pico. So, what was your vision at the time? Like, what were you trying to do? And again, for people that are not very familiar with that neighborhood, is there a lot of are there a lot of Thai restaurants in, in the old neighborhood that you were in? Or
1: no, not at all yeah. on Pico. Pico is an is a location that I didn't really want to be in. Right. Um, it was my first restaurant. I I have zero budget. And, <laughs> yeah. and I, you know, drove by one day and saw the space being empty and safe for lease. Mm-hmm. And it was an existing restaurant before.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I thought this might be an inexpensive way to open the open my first restaurant. So I went in, talked to landlord, was able to get the lease going. And um, the area was really tough. But um, my dad did mention to me and said, like, if you can make Tuktuk successful in this location, you'll make any location successful. Mm-hmm. He didn't agree with the location as well. Because this Hasidic Jew, Jewish area where um, he didn't believe that there's a demographic there for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I did open it. Um, max out my credit card, lease the equipment, <laughs> do everything I can to get it open. Right. And, and um, so I approach my cousin who's the time is the head chef at the Bonaventure Hotel.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, said, Hey, do you want to invest with me? And I need a head chef here at Tuk mm-hmm. She said yes. So she came over. And then from then on out, we were doing so well. The neighborhood starting to come in and they were like they were saying that we're like a neighborhood gem mm. like we're the only place that stands out in the area that they would go to <laughs> so and then um yeah and then how and tuk just kept on growing so that's how i got my second restaurant rambutan thai in silver lake
0: kudos to you for just taking that leap because you know for all intents and purposes th- that was Someone could have been like, no, that's not the right neighborhood, you know, but it seems like you made it work. And and a big driving part of that was because of the budget, right? You're a first-timer to tour, So that was one of the biggest reasons for you opening in that location, correct?
1: And, and it worked for me for 23 years.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And I, and, and I want to know your secret sauce later because just being in this industry myself and, and talking to a lot of owners and operators I've actually you are probably the first operator I, n- I know that personally has run a restaurant f- for that long. you know what I mean like I've talked to and spoken to a lot of next generation restaurant owners but they've inherited the restaurant right mm-hmm. so took Tuk 1.0 that was an institution right there like two decades is 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 incredible so like congratulations on on such an amazing run like that's so awesome.
1: Yeah, I you know, I'm a risk taker and I love doing business and restaurant was part of my soul. And this is the only thing I know to do mm-hmm. and want to do. Mm-hmm. So I stay with the industry for this long.
0: Yeah. Um, I I kind of want to trace it back to your family restaurant now. So, you know, you've been operating to for, for over 20 years and when did you kind of come back into the family business and and what made you make the decision to, to take the torch there?
1: After I opened Tuk Tuk for four years, I wanted another location and I wanted to do something more elevating and, you know, want to do like a tapas style Thai. So I started looking at the location in Silverlight and I opened um, Rabutan Thai, which is like Thai tapas, B&Y and wine. And that was doing really well. I also brought my um, my other my other partner in, who's my cousin as well. She used to manage Chandara. It's a Thai restaurant that is well known in the eighties, nineties, and um, all the beautiful girls would work there. All the producer would would be there. It's like a, a fusion Thai. Mm. Yeah, but anyway, she she has a restaurant experience. She became my partner and also my cousin from Tuk, Tuk is my partner as well because she's a chef. Mm-hmm. So that restaurant was really successful. Then my sister comes along and said, you know, we want we want to open a restaurant as well. So I decided, okay, we're, I'm going to open one with my sister. And that's when I opened Sharaka Thai in Burbank with her mm. and from then on she start um, discovering family recipe and she want everything more authentic so i've liked that about her and i you know because we ramutan was was my cousin recipe sharagatai in burbank is actually my sister recipe mm. that she learned from working at Chow Krong.
0: gotcha Gotcha. And then
1: from um, and then we end up selling Burbank four years ago as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It was just too much for us. It was too far, it's far too, so mm-hmm. too far too. Parents decided to retired, and brought us together and said, "Since you guys sold Burbank, you guys should take over Chao Krong, and they're more." They believe that we can make Chao successful now, now that we have opened multiple restaurants.
0: Just to bring everyone up to speed, what are the restaurants you're involved in currently as of present day?
1: Same, same Thai in Uh Silver Lake. I have Chao Thai on Fairfax and then Tuk Tuk Thai on Sawtelle.
0: I love it. Like three different neighborhoods, three different demographics, huh? Yes. Yeah. When did you so so the rebranding of the old restaurant? It it turned into same same. Yes, I
1: I partner up with Last Word Hospitality, and we rebranded Rambutan to Same Same Thai, which is a casual wine bar with Thai food.
0: Yeah, they love it over there in Silver Lake. That Thai wine. (laughs) <laughs> that kind yeah.
1: of pairing—it's a fun space, you know—is a casual place where you know people could go in and sit at a bar, have a sip of wine, order a spicy LARP and have a good time. You can also go in with your friends on Friday nights, casually, and enjoy a bottle of chill red and spicy food. It's just a fun place to be.
0: Right, so you are operating like three. I know from the outside, it just looks like three tire restaurants, but they're all pretty different.
1: Yeah, they're they're different. It they has they they all have different energy.
0: Mm. Mm.
1: Yeah, and I like it that way. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I feel like they're all very fitting for the neighborhoods that you're in too. Like in terms of how you kind of conceptualize them, especially same scene. I think that's a I haven't been personally, but the way you're explaining it to me seems perfect for the Silver Lake demographic yeah yeah
1: that's what we were redesigned we the restaurant and the concept to fit the neighborhood
0: yeah what, what's the significance behind the name i actually really like the name same same yeah
1: but different It's an, actually it's a thai slang
2: oh
1: it's a tourist catchphrase. you know they use it a lot in thailand and it's um so whenever thai people try to make conversation with tourists when tourists ask questions about food or product What's the difference? Their answer would always be same, same. But they're not really. (laughs) Sometimes they're quite different, but they can be the same. You know, is that very it's just how um, it's how Thai people have conversation with tourists.
0: Oh, that's funny. Yeah, okay.
1: so it's like they made it into a t-shirt, you know, it became a popular slang. Uh-huh,
0: uh-huh, okay. Um, I, I want to spend some time talking about Tuk Tuk because, you know, you just reopened it in a new location in in Sautel. And um, I want to talk a little bit about just the design inspiration and um, the, the name. Uh, obviously, I'm a big fan of the name. It just draws me back right away to like, you know, Bangkok. Um, yeah. tell us a little bit about the significance of the name and, and you know, just the design inspiration for that. As you inherited a new space,
1: tuk tuk. It's just a fun name, you know. Like you said, when you go to Thailand, you want to ride tuk and tuk just you know it takes you to a really good places. To, they find good places to eat, you know. They they drive they will drive you through alleys and get you where you want to be, you know. And also is a big part of Bangkok. Mm. Um, we wanted to bring Bangkok energy to L.A. Great name for street food concept. Mm-hmm. So that's how um, I come up with the name Tuk Tuk.
0: Right. Which is which is what it is, right? It's like a Thai street food concept.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a Thai street food concept. Yeah.
0: What? Why did you move to Sotel? Like what was your the drawing the drawing force there? Was it. um I I believe it's a similar situation actually to the first time you opened Tukta, which is interesting because from what I remember, you're inheriting another former restaurant space, right? The new location that you're in on Satel?
1: Yeah, um, well, it, this restaurant on Satel used to be Da Hub restaurant, which mm-hmm. is a Mediterranean Uga mm-hmm. Lounge restaurant. The restaurant was there before me, and um, they um, think they kind of lost their lease.
0: Oh wow! So you you swooped in at the right time.
1: I I moved in at the right time. Yeah. I was I lost my lease on Pico.
0: Mm.
2: I didn't
1: I didn't intentionally want to move, wow. but you know it was a blessing in this, in this, in the disguise because I feel like this is a better location for Tuk Tuk, anyways. Yeah.
0: yeah. And we, and we can go and, and you know, I, I just want to probe you a little bit and we can talk as much as you want about this. did you lose the lease? Cause was it due to like COVID and, and just like the, the decrease in sales due to COVID that you lost your lease in your old space, or I was just kind of curious as to like, what happened over there.
1: My lease was up actually. Okay. Um, my lease was just up before the pandemic. Gotcha. And, um, I did not renegotiate the lease during the pandemic. Because I didn't know where things mm. are going, like how long we're going to be shut yeah, down.
2: Totally you know. fair.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So it turns out, you know, it didn't work out for me at the end. Coming out of COVID, COVID we did so well because, you know, our takeout and delivery sales has gone up tremendously because yeah. I feel like we capture a new customer because of it. Postmates and DoorDash are able to deliver more than just four miles, you know, they extended to six miles, maybe even 10 miles. Yeah. During mm-hmm. There's no traffic. So I was, you know, um, was able to increase sale that way and capture new customer from that. So we did well. Um, and I tried to renegotiate the lease and the landlord was not at first he was in agreement and then later on he decided oh yeah i'm going to increase increase oh, wow. like almost double wow and i'm like you know this kind of price i could be in a better location right and i did not want to resign the lease and be there anymore so that's when i de- i decided to start looking and Sawtell was always you know an area that I wanted to be in, but never thought I could afford it because
2: mm-hmm.
1: the, sh- the area where there's p- the walking area where everybody is mm-hmm. on Sautel is very expensive.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So luckily when I drove and saw a lease sign up at the location, at, now I just reached out to the landlord and negotiated and went in like right away. So I was really lucky.
0: Yeah. See, without that's so interesting because the first time you opened it on Pico, it was the same thing, right? You just yeah. saw a for lease sign.
1: Yeah. Wow. I, dec- I decided to keep going with the brand, and you know, once I once I was settled, I have a location, then I start focusing on revamping the menu to fit the area as well.
0: It's. An incredible addition to Sattel, in my opinion. I am upset that I no longer live on the West side because I would have gone to your restaurant probably like every day, no lie. Uh, I feel like that neighborhood deserves a really good Thai restaurant. So I'm so happy that you're there. I'm sure the neighborhood is happy to see you there. Um, And I think it's just a matter of time. I'm sure you're getting a lot of great new businesses already, but I think it's going to get busy and busier over there. So it's, uh, yeah, congratulations on your new location. I think it's a really, really good fit as well.
1: Yeah, it's... um thank you it's a vibrant area and and you know surprisingly it's underserved there's no there's no good thai food in that lo- that area at all
0: yeah it's crazy and you do it you do the classics too right you're not trying to reinvent the wheel here at tutuk it's it's like the hard hitting classics people know uh you know what they're getting most for, for the most part like it's pretty much a straightforward menu
1: yeah um we actually want to reintroduce the standard Thai dishes Mm -hmm. that are usually on many Thai restaurant menu, but we want to introduce it the right way. Meaning like the ingredients that should be in there before should, you know, without any substitution, like, you know, like for example, you could take um, a dish like gerpao and a lot of restaurants would do Serrano chilies, mm. or with the sweet basil and bell peppers. Those are substitutes. Those are not supposed to be originally on the dish. Mm. The real thing are supposed to be red jalapenos, holy basil, and bird eye chilies.
2: Oh, uh, and- so I'm
1: bringing back mm-hmm. authentically the ingredient that needs to be on these dishes. Mm-hmm. that are, you know, popular and people love it. It's delicious even by adapting it, but we want to take it back and, you know, showcase what Thai food should be.
0: And what? why is it that they were using different ingredients?
1: I think at the time um, when Thai food started, it was not that many ingredients available. And a lot of restaurants were adapting, getting similar ingredients to replace it. Mm-hmm. And they never once we have access to all these ingredients. Some restaurant use it, and some restaurant never change; just stick to what they know.
0: Gotcha. So, kind of like with the times, maybe suppliers got better. You're you're able to source better ingredients more. Yeah. Yeah. More of like the ingredients that are actually going into the dishes in the first place.
1: Yeah, the ingredients. We stay true to the ingredients, and we have everything available here now in, in LA. You have access to all the herbs and spices, you know, even fresh ones.
0: There's a there's another thing that you did that I that I read about, which was so fascinating, and I'm I'm wondering if you continued it post COVID, but um, pre COVID, and when you took over. Chow Krong, the the family restaurant. I heard that you revamped the entire wine list too, to kind of prominently feature woman producers. Yes,
1: I did. That's awesome. Yeah, we curated an all women wine list to support women across hospitality industry.
2: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, and you know to showcase incredible wines by talented female winemakers. Why not, you know, being women in business, being women in hospitality, you want to support women in hospitality across the board.
0: Is that something you you're still doing right now? Like the, the wireless yes, we are doing like that? that
1: right now. Amazing.
0: What do you think are the challenges with like, because you are a woman in this industry, right? Has, has there been any instances or scenarios where you realize that it was kind of a disadvantage or you felt like was difficult for you personally?
1: I feel like during my mom era, Mm. um, they were quietly in in the business for so long, but never really was recognized. Right. Media, through press. But I feel like during my era nowadays, we women in business, restaurant business are starting to get recognized more. And people are interested in our story and accepted, uh, you know, you know, willing to hear our story. And I feel like it's it's a lot better for me
0: Yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. Totally understand what you're saying. I feel like people kind of are more curious. They want to support women-owned businesses and restaurants. Like that's kind of being a priority, right? And this is the question I want to ask you. How did you do it? Like, How did you <laughs> open and maintain a restaurant for so long all these years? Like what is your philosophy right or, were you following trends or did you stay true to who you are in your in your brand in your restaurant like well, how did you go about this I'm, I'm just so curious
1: to be in this business you have to be passionate about what you do i fell in love with the restaurant business you, you know and i fell in love with the people get to work with my family ultimately i've learned at an early age that hospitality was my thing i loved Connecting with people. I love making people happy. And the easiest way to make people happy is to give them some food, some <laughs> good food, yeah. a smile, and tell them how much you enjoy their company. If you can do that in an authentic and genuine way, you can be successful in the hospitality business. And also like managing people, building relationship. You build relationship with, you know. I built a relationship with my designer, my contractor, my vendors, your purveyors, your customer, your staff, you know, the people around you that will always have your back. You have to stay true to who you are, too, and be genuine in this business. And at the same time, understand how to innovate and adapt to changes when needed. You know, competition is is brutal and the margin is so low you almost have to nail it. There's no, there's so many aspects to the restaurant industry. So many pieces to, of the puzzle that you have to be really, really thought through
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it can be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You have to stay focused. And I think communication is also the key.
0: Luckily, it seems like you've, you've surrounded yourself with a really good team. I, I had a really great experience you know, the other day too. So, I was actually really wowed by by just the genuineness and friendliness of everyone there at the restaurant so that was that was yeah you know, kudos yeah. to you
1: yeah family and um and we built a really good team like we treat our staff like family you know mm-hmm. you you hired people who are genuine as well yeah. and i make the place comfortable easy to work no pressure kind of place
0: obviously it's only been how long has the business you opened to to in your new location now like two two months
1: two months we opened um our dine-in on march 1st
0: yeah i mean how how has it been are you happy with the relocation i mean uh, the space is gorgeous
1: um yeah i'm very happy the neighborhood is very welcoming um like I said, is a vibrant area and it's been, it's been busy and we don't have our BMY license yet. Um, we're still waiting on that, but our, our sales are doing well and um, the people are very supportive, mm-hmm. you know, and the media, it's been super helpful too. They mm-hmm. like our story and, you know, they help tell our story so people come
0: in and support. I'm going to keep cheering you on in, in your restaurants and, you know, everyone that works for you. I think you guys got something amazing going. And, again, I, I've, I respect you so much for someone that's just, you know, been in it a little bit. And, and I understand how difficult it is to do this day in, day out, you know, let alone for the time that you've been in this business. So... So much respect for you and what you're doing. And um, it's so refreshing also to see you keep pushing. I think, I think people, someone in your stature and someone with your experience could easily kind of go the easier, comfortable route, right? Like you, you don't, you don't have to for all, for you know, you don't even have to open a relocate to, to just be like, ah, oh, you know, I'm done with this and I'll just continue focusing on the restaurants that I have, but you know, you're, you're pushing forward. So it's, it's really inspiring to see. And um, I really hope more and more people are able to check out your restaurant like they should. It's, it's It was so awesome. I had a really wonderful time. So whenever I'm out there, I'll definitely make it out again. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're welcome anytime.
0: And that concludes it for today's weekly welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. A special thank you to Katie for your hospitality, me, uh, Calvin and I had a wonderful experience at Tuk Tuk Thai. I'm so happy that there is excellent Thai food in Sotel. If you live in the West side of Los Angeles, and if not, you find yourself in that neighborhood, please go check it out by all means. And if not, Chow Krung in Fairfax is incredible, legendary, as well as same same Thai in Silver Lake. So again, these three restaurants under Katie's leadership uh, are all amazing. So let's continue to support um API, even A- i know it's API month but you know may and beyond i hope that we can continue to support these amazing asian operators so katie thank you so much and i'll see you soon at tuk tuk tie and for everyone else we'll see you next week